0: Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Have you ever felt frustrated at how slow or even stagnant environmental progress through policy can be? If you have, you are not alone because I feel you and I also know that we're not alone in feeling this way. In this mini Bloom Tuesday episode on Green Dreamer podcast, I'm going to share with you what I've personally learned uh, in terms of why environmental protection through national policy here in the United States can be so stagnant and the top three things we can do as individuals to help change this. To preface this, I want to admit that I had a hard time recording this because while I have taken environmental studies and policy, it's still a subject that intimidates me because it's just, it's a big complex topic that can feel very distant uh, from our day-to-day lives and very difficult to conceptualize. So what I'm going to share with you is just my personal current understanding and thoughts on this topic. If you have additional res- that you feel like we can learn from together. I would love to hear them. Feel welcome to email me or message me on Instagram after this episode. For me, when I studied environmental studies at university, I had to learn environmental policy, and so there's this concept that really stuck with me called the Iron Triangle. To me, it really stuck with me because it was so clarifying as to why environmental protection through national policy can be so stagnant and feel like it takes so damn long to change uh, to reflect the diversity and magnitude of issues that we face today. I already talked about this briefly on my Instagram, at command. At Shane, but I'll go into a little more detail here. So basically, there are three major players that make up this iron triangle. We have Congress, which makes policies, we have bureaucracy, which includes our governmental agencies like the IRS, EPA, Department of Energy. Uh, I believe there are more than 2,000 agencies total, all focused on different areas. And then, as the third part of the triangle, we have special interest lobby groups all three of these players basically support one another in gutting what they want, which is strongly influenced and skewed in favor of what these powerful interest groups want. It's a scenario kind of like, You scratch my back, I scratch yours. It'll make sense how they work together to support each other once we really consider all of their top priorities. So just think about the following. A bureaucrat's top goal is to secure funding from Congress for their agency so they can keep their jobs and do the work that they need to do. So again, the agencies want to secure funding from Congress. That's their top priority. A congressman's goal is to get reelected, and so he or she would need funding and electoral support, which means congressmen often will pledge support for programs that benefit powerful special interest groups. That would then help them to garner their support and donation dollars. So they they want to please these interest groups because in return, they get their financial and electoral support. And finally, we have these powerful interest groups. Their top priority is obviously just to get legislations passed that would most benefit them. So then what happens is these interest groups exert pressure backwards to get the legislations or programs that they want because... Congressmen want their support, and agencies want the congressmen's support. So when it comes time for these agencies to regulate the industries they're in charge of, they might also be more lax on things related to what the special interest groups are involved in. I'm going to attach a chart in the show notes so you can visualize this. I think it's much easier to understand when you can see these three parts and uh, be able to visualize how they mutually support one another. So you'll be able to find this at greendreamer.com slash 78. And I'll also have more resources there that go into more detail, but uh, this is kind of like an oversimplified explanation of how this iron triangle works. But just Can you see how problematic this setup can be and how it's set up to be locked in place? That's why it's called the Iron Triangle. All three of these players are pressured and incentivized to keep one another happy. And together, they support each other in getting legislations passed, which are, again, all heavily influenced by what's best for these interest groups. And what's left out of this picture is people. Us, consumers, the general public. This is why we often have legislations passed that only benefit a small group of people within powerful industries while neglecting the needs and desires of the general public. When I learned this, I was... Really frustrated and felt kind of hopeless because we know that time is of essence when it comes to a lot of our environmental concerns. I mean, at this point, we need drastic things being done, not only at a local city or state level, but at a national level, which can then go on to influence global trends. So my helplessness when I learned about this, when I learned about the iron triangle initially, is what led me to focus on conscious consumerism. Because just thinking about the things that I can personally do on a day-to-day basis, that helped me to feel a greater sense of control. As we've learned from our guests over and over again, voting with our dollars does matter and uh, it's really helped to have health and sustainability become a trend in the marketplace and that's amazing. But the thing I've come to realize is that while most people express care and concern for the environment, when it comes down to actual decision-making, most people still are likely to do whatever's easiest, most affordable, most accessible, and most desirable. And that's understandable people are busy, tired, stressed, uh, maybe just trying to survive their day-to-day lives, put food on the table, feed their families, uh, you know, pay off their bills, dealing with a lot of personal issues that may be much more urgent than the bigger picture of sustainability. So I'm just realizing that, you know, not everybody has the time, education, or ability to prioritize sustainability as the number one thing they're going to focus on every single day. And, even for the minority of people who do work in sustainability or take a special interest in it, it's hard for us to be perfect all the time with our choices because, first of all, we're stuck in a system that makes it really hard for us to be perfect. And secondly, habits are hard to change. It's one thing to know exactly what we should be doing or want to be doing, but it's a whole other story to actually do those things. It takes time to take things on one after another. So, Again, most people don't prioritize sustainability in their personal lives, it's just the reality of things, and most sustainability-focused individuals, unless they lived completely off the grid and were perfectly self-sufficient, we all still have some sort of negative environmental impact just by existing in this modern world. On top of these two things, a lot of our environmental issues can't even be solved by us buying things because they're outside of the realm of consumerism. Like, how do we get car and airplane manufacturers to more quickly or be forced to innovate and make more fuel-efficient or electric vehicles? With the bulk of ocean plastics being from abandoned fishing gear, how do we as consumers make sure that fishermen out at sea aren't disposing of their fishing gear? How do we make manufacturers currently making a lot of their profit at the cost of environmental damage? How do we hold them financially accountable for their negative impacts so they'll be incentivized to do better? These things all require systemic change beyond consumerism. And the thing I realized is that systemic change, like having things actually reflect their true costs, can naturally incentivize consumers and businesses to make better choices without being convinced or shamed into doing so. I feel like if we really want people and businesses across the board to do better, even if they don't care for sustainability as a top priority, we really need systemic change to make that happen. And the thing is that the positive impacts that can result from systemic change would be massive. They'd be huge and would totally blow our positive impact from our daily little choices out of the water. I feel like especially today in this time of need when we really need not only positive changes coming from a minority of conscious consumers who are able to prioritize this, but we need drastic changes from everybody, whether or not they care or understand uh, what's at stake. We really need some sort of political or systemic change to Inspire this massive shift. So that's just a long way of saying I'm back to seeing the importance of political change in spite of how difficult it may be. Like, yes, we do still have this iron triangle that makes it very difficult to change national policy, like our mining law is from, I believe, 1872, our grazing law is from 1934, both not having changed to reflect inflation or are depleting natural resources, in part because of this iron triangle. But the thing is that the massive positive impact that can and will result from systemic change just emphasizes the importance for us to not only do what we can as consumers, but also as active citizens. The last time we got a lot done for the environment at a national level was in the 1960s and 1970s. And that was because environmental protection became a top priority as a public interest across the board. This is what we need to have happen again. So for us to have this be the case again... We have to have our voices count through the political system. So what can we do to inspire national political change? The first one is for us to just become active citizens. Call our representatives and vote. We have an upcoming one in November here in the United States, but wherever you are, whoever you support, just show up and make your vote count. Within that iron triangle, we don't get to pick who runs our governmental agencies, we can't individually influence powerful interest groups, but we do get to vote for who represents us in Congress. So for us to be able to have our opinions heard within that triangle, we have to vote for people who represent our values. The second thing we can do is to support environmental nonprofits that go to Washington to lobby for legislations that hope to protect our environment. Powerful industries have a lot of money inherently and have a lot of influence as lobby groups, but... Environmental organizations are almost always underfunded and they need monetary support in order to help affect decisions made in Washington. So that's also another way we can really help make a difference is to support environmental nonprofits that go to Washington to lobby for uh, environmental legislations. We can do that through volunteering our time with them or through monetary donations. And the third thing we can do is to have this conversation with our friends and family members, maybe starting with whoever already cares about environmental issues and just really emphasizing our need to take action on things that can influence policy beyond talking about things on social media and beyond conscious consumerism. If other friends and family members find it hard to implement sustainable habits in their own lives, maybe we can at least convince them to take a little time out of their days to vote to help inspire systemic change which will then make it easier for us to all make more sustainable choices together. So these are the things I'll leave you with for now. Uh, we do have a previous episode I'll link to in the show notes where we had three social and environmental activists share their thoughts on how we can get politically active. But uh, how else do you think we can push for systemic change? There's still so much I have yet to learn, so if you have additional thoughts or resources, I would love to hear from you. Feel welcome to email me at hello at green dreamer com or direct message me on instagram at Kamea Shane. that's k-a-m-e-a-c-h-a-y-n-e as we're closing off here i just want to say thank you for all that you do in your daily life for all the ways you've showed up to be an active citizen within your community for a more sustainable and healthier future and just for being here thank you so much I know that sustainability can often feel doom and gloom, but there are a lot of great things happening, a lot of really inspiring people, and I hope to continually learn together with you and to continually support you on your path in whatever it is that you're working on. So thank you. I know for a fact that the world is a better place today because of you. So please, please keep it up. We need you to keep it up and keep going. And now as we're closing off, just remember,